0: Hi there and welcome to this, the film segment of We're Drunk and We Know Things. Recording in the Prince of Wales. Still. Still in the Prince of Wales, yes. We haven't changed pubs. Uh, we are currently being fueled by Circadian, by Ringwood.
1: It's delicious as well. Very Our regular. producer. Cholula Fandango.
0: As ever. The delightful Cholula. In a very no, no, pretty close summer your leg dress. That's In a nice. very
1: pretty summer dress.
0: And we are talking about probably one of... My favorite films, one yeah. of the world's favorite films, like a... the 80s classic Ghostbusters. That's what I do. I drink, and I know things.
1: Yeah, so this movie is a bit of a sleeper because it's like, it's like, when you say favorite movies, everybody says Star Wars or Indiana Jones or whatever or something like that. You're shaking your head, but it's because you're wrong. Uh, but actually, really, Ghostbusters is a, a, it's a ridiculous classic that everybody. I'm our shaking age my head up because
0: with. I said one of my favorite movies, oh, okay. and anybody who Fair grew enough. up loving Star Wars, Indie, yeah, yeah. the Goonies, whatever, Ghostbusters will be. Yeah, a, it's quintessential. To a, a greater or less degree, a guilty pleasure.
1: And it's one of those things like, I mean, I grew up and I had the... I grew up. Thanks, that's the end of the podcast. No, I uh, was grow, growing up. Whilst, whilst I was growing up, I had the proton pack that had the big foam bit coming out the end. It was like the thing, you know. <laughs> it's like a I pool noodle. The, yeah, yeah, yeah just, exactly. It was, a bit it was like a pool noodle. It came like, like. Yeah, it was a bit naff, wasn't <laughs> it? But you turn the handle and it spun around. I had the uh, Ghostbusters Firehouse... That had the grates in the middle that you could pour the slime down so you could slime them, you know. Uh, it's one of those things, it's like, I think I grew up the cartoon perhaps more than I grew up the film. But really. Well, when it's was the film made? 1983. 93. 94. Sorry, 1984. Yeah. Okay, 94. so I was yeah. four.
0: You yeah. were. I was one. <laughs> yeah, so probably oh. we weren't. By the way, up. listeners,
1: I've finally found out how old Rob is. I've just found out how old you are. Brilliant. If only I could do math. Um, <laughs> right, yeah, but yeah, it. Um, Put your shoes back on. <laughs> it really is uh, quintessential. I mean, is it the best Bill Murray film? No, not by a I, I prefer Stripes actually, but I mean, I mean Stripes is just the best. But, but uh, we'll get into that in movie recommendations. But no, it is. It is seriously. It, it really is such like a cornerstone of people at our ages kind of childhood. It's like this and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know. It really is a cornerstone of, like, people our ages and our age brackets, Generation Y or whatever the fuck we are. Like, it's our, it's a cornerstone of us growing up. And it, um, I don't know, it's one of those movies where we come to watch a podcast and I go, well, I have to watch that again, like Face Off last month. I watched it again to refresh my memory and I watched it lots and lots of times. But Ghostbusters, I was reminded by my wife that I watch it, like, once a month anyway. Yeah. But I don't even, I didn't even realise that I do because it's Ghostbusters and I watch yeah. it all the time, you know. Um, so, so, yeah. let's sorry.
0: assume that you are um, either dead, very young, or blind, in which case you really shouldn't be listening What's to this podcast, yeah, exactly or dead, in yeah. which case... If you're,
1: just li- if you're young, you're probably just listening to this for the swearing.
0: Yeah. Um, let's assume you don't know what the hell happens in Ghostbusters.
1: So, three scientists sorry, in Columbia University, at Columbia University, uh, are studying the paranormal, the supernatural. And at the opening of the film is they found legit proof, supposedly, of a uh, spectral free-forming free number five spectre, I think it is. In the, in I love the, the fact that you, get to have a, to, yeah. you
0: have to do science. <laughs> yeah, this? I
1: know. This is the worst. Oh, I really don't like being second. Um, doing, we normally do the... For the listeners, we normally do the film segment first, so I'm not this drunk, but yeah, anyway. So uh, they go to... They the, get proof. They get proof. They go to the public library. Um, there's a librarian whose uncle thought that she was. Uh, he thought he, her uncle thought he was Saint Jerome, um, and they find the ghost in the stacks at the New York Public Library. Um, and now they've got perfect proof. They realise that they can essentially become exterminators, where they can hang on, get rid of your ghosts. Yeah, so they get back to university. They get back to university, and they say, um, "You are a poor scientist, Dr. Venkman." Dean Werner throws them out. Yeah, he is a terrible scientist. You act them more like a game show host at one point. uh, Tigani Weaver says, and she's not wrong. Um, But. um, yeah, so they get fired uh, and they go into business for themselves as exterminators, essentially, of ghosts to get rid of the ghosts in your attic or whatever. We're ready to believe you, is the, is the ad. Um, and they get approached by Dana Barrett, who is a corny weaver, because she goes home and some eggs fry themselves on her top countertop. Not on a top, on a countertop. And a dog says, zool in a fridge. And now when you say it out loud, it sounds silly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I think we can pause there briefly, yeah. um, if only because that is a fairly good summary of the setup for the film. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've uh, I mean, got it's like the Grey scientists. They yeah. decided to go into business on their own. Discovering Ray stands, Egon Spendler,
1: Peter Venkman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Discovering uh, and exterminating this newly found, conveniently found. The franchise phenomenal. rights
1: alone will make us filthy rich, I believe he says. Yeah.
0: And basically, they get no business at all until. Until,
1: got one! Until Annie Potts shouts that famous phrase.
0: So we flash forward, they've, they've met uh, Dan, uh, Dana Barrett.
1: Yep, well, she comes down. Bizarrely, all... it's our
0: second podcast featuring Sigourney Weaver.
1: Not bizarrely, we do a film podcast. She's in quite a lot of big, amazing films that we love.
0: Well, yeah, but still, we're like
1: seven in. <laughs> well, yeah, fair yeah, fair enough, fair enough, fair um, Yeah, so she originally was meant to be a model, and um, Sigourney Weaver was like, that sounds really lame. How about I'm an accomplished musician? So she's a cellist. Um, which is weirdly introduced in the scene where she's just stringing the cello watching the adverts for Ghostbusters so weird, but anyway but um, the Ghostbusters are famously played by Ray Stance uh, sorry, Dan Aykroyd as Ray Stance uh, Bill Murray as Peter Fenkman arguably his best role, except for maybe Stripes and also maybe Grand Hog Day um, and then um, Harold Ramis as Egon, Spen- uh, Egon Spengler Is it now, Ramis or Ramis? It is Ramis, I think I just misspoke <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, so, um, long story short, there is a montage of them running around, busting them ghosts. They go to the Sedgwick Hotel, where they bust Slimer, who is actually known as Peanut, a Peanut Head, in fact, in the original script. Um, they destroy the whole, whole hotel, um, and there is, basically, essentially, the middle part of the film is them being super busy busting ghosts. Until? Until shit gets real, in a very Michael Bay sense. Because it turns out that the building that Dana Barrett lives in is a transmitter for supernatural, sorry, a receiver for supernatural activity. Um, and it's designed to open a dimensional doorway to allow Goza the Gozarian through. This sounds really dumb when you say it like this. But anyway, uh, it, it's a dimensional doorway to let Goza the Gozarian through to bring around the end of times. You know, up is down, black is white, end of days, dead rising the grave. Dogs and cats living together in harmony. I mean, seriously, Winston, played by Ernie Hudson, has seen shit that will turn you white. (laughs) It's the best. And the Ghostbusters have to team up. They team up, they beat them, they they beat them by crossing the streams, which we'll go into a bit later. So that is, in a very convoluted way, the plot summary of Ghostbusters. Now, I mean, if you don't know the plus summary of Ghostbusters, I honestly don't know what you're listening to. I say this every time we do this, but Jesus, it's fucking Ghostbusters. (laughs) Sort your life out. You haven't got 95 minutes to watch Ghostbusters? So yeah, so it began as an idea from Dan Aykroyd, whose father was a spiritualist, whose grandfather was a telephone psychic, who 100% believes in ghosts, Loch Ness monsters, aliens, all that kind of stuff. He had that TV show on the sci-fi channel. I can't remember what it was called now but it was all about like, it was basically like the real life X-Files with uh, uh, reenactments and all that kind of stuff. He's 100%, he's got crystal skull vodka because the crystal skull thing, he is a 100% believer in all this kind of business. So he started writing a script which was to star him and uh, Jim Belushi. Yep, Jim Belushi, not John Belushi, that's his brother, Jim Belushi. Um, It was a two-hander, just the two of them, and he wrote this script and he gave it into the studio and they said, this is not a film that is possible to be made, because the original script was set in space and it was several teams of Ghostbusters operating throughout time, time traveling, throughout different dimensions, busting ghosts as as competing businesses, basically. Um, so he got together with Ivan Reitman who was a director and said he said well we need to ground it in something that people know we need to put it in a city that people know they wanted to do it in LA but they took a chance and did it in New York now New York at the time was a filthy, crime ridden horrendous, terrifying place we're talking about you know, beginning of the 80s end of the 70s, New York was a terrifying place so they did that to kind of humanise it, you could say that New York is the fifth character because, you know, I'm Woody Allen. You could, there. but I'm not <laughs> You to. could, but I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather, you, I'd rather you don't. Um, so we went to start them originally, and they spent a very long time. Famously, Bill Murray is very difficult to get on board with films. So it took a very long time, to the point where the day of shooting, they honestly didn't know if he was going to turn up. Because Bill Murray is... Well, he's Bill Murray. does whatever he fucking likes. He's Bill Murray. Um,
0: Bear in mind, at this point, he wasn't... Point yet. Bill no, he'd no, he
1: done Meatballs. He'd done Caddyshack. He'd been on. I mean, the thing that made Bill Murray was Saturday Night Live, which is, I mean, Bill Murray was like the most famous person in America after his run on Saturday Night Live. He did Meatballs. He did Caddyshack. This is actually kind of at his, his apex of the of the mid '80s kind of stuff before he decided to be a proper actor, um, which he's very good at. Uh, not as good as he was a golfer, but yeah, still quite a good actor. Um, and then they started to build the film around, essentially build a film around Bill Murray and New York. So they totally rewrote the script. Um, they brought Sigourney Weaver on board. They didn't have an ending. And she said to Ivan Reitman in her audition, um, I think it would be cool if my character was possessed by a demon dog. So her audition was apparently her running around the room in all, on all fours, pretending to be possessed by a dog. Barking, barking snarling, jewel, all that kind of business. Um, and Ivan Whiteman apparently turned shot off the camera and said don't ever do that again you're hired <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't have an idea for anything of the film until Zagorny Weaver was like I think it'd be cool if I was possessed by a dog yeah um, you also have Rick Moranis uh, as Louis Tully her next-born door who is absolutely amazing. I mean, that's amazing, Rick Moranis. This is,
0: as a character performance, I think Rick Moranis is probably it's incredible. the best of the bunch. He's
1: always locking himself out of the apartment. There's that, apart- there's that party uh, for all of his clients. He hasn't got any mates. Because it's He's you deductible. Know, the two people arrive and they're like, they started a small business and they put it into a trust and now they're, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's fantastic. Um, originally, that role was meant to be for John Candy. What? Yeah, so it was meant to be John Candy and he was meant to be a super conservative very, like, straight-laced guy. Okay, I can uh, see that working. They gave it to John Candy, uh, and he said, nope, he passed, which was dumb, frankly. Presumably to make Uncle Buck, which I won't speak ill of, because Uncle Buck is amazing. He makes pancakes with a snow shovel, it's amazing. Uh, so they rewrote, they gave him the script, sorry, to Rick Moranis, uh, Rick Moranis said, I think it'd be better if I was more Rick Moranis-y. Mitt Moranis? The more you say surname, the more it doesn't sound like a real thing. Um... So yeah. So, so yeah, so they got him on board as well. Um, they got Only Hodson on board as Winston Zedmore. Now there, there was a big thing on the internet about how that was meant to be Eddie Murphy. Yep. I don't know if you've ever heard that before. But apparently it was never written as Eddie Murphy. It, he was always meant to be a stand-in for the audience. So he was always meant to be just the guy yeah. so that they would have to explain stuff to him he's a plot device essentially which is why Annie hudson is is bittersweet about his time in the ghostbusters because he's a plot device so they could explain stuff to him um they give him the job he arrives they give him the job i'll believe in a, i'll believe in whatever i have to to get this job they take him down to the containment unit and it then blows up that's literally if you look at the costumes, I know he's meant to be working there for a few weeks, but if you look at the costumes, he's wearing the same thing when it blows up as it does when he turns off the job interview. All
0: oh right, so this is continuity. Continuity
1: issue, more than anything else. They, um, they set up quite early on in, in in the Sedgwick, when they're busting Slimer, that they can't cross the streams because it will explode every molecule in their body. That was actually a uh, reshoot because they didn't have an ending written for the film. Well, they had an ending written, and it was like pseudoscience, and they were like, oh, we'll leave it up to the audience's imagination. And they said, oh, well, we can say that we'll cross the streams and that'll reverse the polarity. That classic Star Trek Voyager get out clause reverse the polarity of the... It's a random the,
0: pseudoscience yeah, bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Right? It sounds
1: real, right? So they had to go back and reshoot a small insert into that Sedgwick scene where they said, oh, shit, by the way, don't cross the streams. You know, Egon says that. I
0: love the fact that he literally just says, oh, by the way, yeah. I forgot to mention this thing. Yeah, yeah, thing. exactly,
1: because they had to just ram that in. And
0: I love the fact that Murray picks up it. Are you sure that sounds like something you would have mentioned But
1: that that's before. such a testimony to this movie is that now that once I knew it was an insert, it f- feels like an insert now, but it never has before. It just felt like it was always meant to be there. It, yep. it's, it's, I mean, oh, I can see that. Like, this movie is like. What I love about the movie is like the effects of the ghosts and stuff are all practical. It's all bloody rotoscoped or practical, just superimposing and that kind of stuff. Um,
0: and some really it bad feels, pneumatics. Yeah,
1: yeah, it just feels thrown together, but that's part of the charm of it. You don't expect good. That was part of the problem, which we'll get into, with the 2016 one that I had. It felt too polished. It just feels a bit thrown together. I mean, there's so we'll, much of the We'll come back to 2016.
0: So my favourite, one of my favourite things, and this is more, you know, um, like cast than plot production. Sure, yeah. Is um, the guy from the EPA.
1: Walter Peck, yeah. Walter Peck. Yep.
0: Um, who is fundamentally one of the most loathable characters in He's cinema. like...
1: Quintessentially hateable, isn't it? But
0: also played um, what's the reporter's name in Die Hard? I
1: can't remember.
0: Oh shit. Um, but
1: yes, the reporter in yeah, Die Hard. Who is yeah, also equally
0: yeah. dickless. But um,
1: it's amazing, isn't it? Like he made such a niche in the eighties of like being It must be the worst. Being hated. So apparently like he gets like attacked in bars and stuff because people hate him <laughs> so much, and quite rightly so. He is very good at I'm sure he's very nice. And it does lead
0: he, rise to uh, Bill Murray in the mayor's office.
1: Oh the best. Well, the, uh, the, the the containment only exploded. The containment unit only exploded because Dickless here turned it off. Is this, is this true? true?
0: Yes, it's true.
1: This, this man, man has, has no, no dick. dick. It's so good. It's so good. Um, I mean, he is. He's so good. And he, I mean, he gets his comeuppance, I guess, because he gets dumped on when they explode the uh, the uh, Puff Marshmallow Man. Uh, he gets dumped on with all that. That's shaving foam, by the way. It's all shaving foam. Because they tried to use actual melted marshmallow, but it was so heavy. Apparently, they dropped it on the stuntman just to test it, and it just seriously fucking injured him. <laughs> so they swapped it to shaving foam. That's why it looks a bit fluffy, because it's just a huge amount of shaving
0: foam. It's just like the what happens when you blow up a marshmallow the <laughs> yeah, size of course. a building.
1: I mean, I love that. I mean, Jesus. I mean, it, it's all of it is so good and there's, it's, there's not a slow moment of it it doesn't drag there's not a minute that you're not waiting you, you know as much as you know what's going to happen you're not waiting for anything to happen because every scene is so good and the older I get the more I appreciate the performances so like Akroyd and Bill Murray together they have such a great chemistry I mean it's I mean him as Peter Venkman Bill Murray's Peter Venkman that scene so this is entirely improvised as well that scene where he goes into Dana Barrett's apartment you know tingling ling ling on the piano they hate that that's right, boys, it's me, Dr. Venkman, like all of that shit. He's got that turkey paste to squeeze in the thing. It's just, are you using it right? Well, I I mean, I think so. It's so good. It's All of that is improvised. So so they had, the script was very loose, as you would imagine with those guys. They were Saturday in Live guys, Second City UCB guys. So they were all uh, just, just winging it, basically. Like I said, the ending was totally totally made up on the day, crossing the streams all that kind of stuff. Running around with those packs on their back the whole time. So, the original, the actual packs with the batteries and the lights and everything, they were 23 kilograms, which isn't that much. But when you spend 12 hours recording a film, they had foam uh, replicas that they could wear, but they just didn't work for the close ups. So, when they're like running through Times Square and all that kind of stuff, coincidentally, being chased by a security guard at one point is because they went into uh, Rockefeller Center and just got chased out by a security guard because they were just running around on the streets of New York filming. You know, so oh,
0: wait, that's a legit security guard, legit Yeah, yeah, it's an actual,
1: actual guy chasing him. It's like that thing was the first thing they shot, so they put on the jumpsuits, they put on the packs, and it was just Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, and Bill Murray, Bill Murray. running around in New York just being dickheads, basically. You know, it's, it, it, I mean, what I love the mo- most about this film is is the like, like I say, is to keep saying is the looseness, the improvisation of it, like the chemistry between those three is so good. It's a shame that, like, I love Winston when I was a kid. Winston was always my favorite because he was like the n- most normal guy, you know? He wasn't like a super, I don't know, it's a weird choice. I know, but he he's was a, my favorite. I suppose he's the everyman. Exactly, you know? It felt yeah. like I could have joined the Ghostbusters because he did, you know? Because you're so black. But now, these days, Um, shut up. (laughs) I heard you. Um, But but these days, you know, he feels a little bit, like, wedged in. Like, we need a bit of exposition, so we'll create a character for exposition.
0: I know, I mean, I watched this, like, really recently, like, this morning. um, And I don't get that. I'm not going to lie. But then, to be fair, I'm also watching it in the same way that I watch Star Wars or Indiana Jones. None of those characters feel... I think it's in. weirdly.
1: I think I feel a bit differently about it than I do with Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Like those are my immediate knee jerk go go tos. Like, well, oh, what do you watch a Sunday afternoon? Oh, I've got a hangover. Let's watch Raiders. You know. But it would appear, as my wife has been telling me, that I do watch this film all the time. I just don't kind of. I've kind of come subliminally, subconsciously, subconsciously do it. It's really weird. It's really weird.
0: Yeah.
1: But I mean, yeah. So. The other big thing off the back of this was the creation of a real powerhouse of um, special effects. So as I said before, all of the ghost effects were all practical. And they look a bit hokey and a bit thrown together because they were.
0: To be fair, they do and they don't. I mean, this is one of the things that I well, there's found. One you,
1: practical effect, right? When you
0: watch the um, like the opening sequence in uh, the New York Library. Yeah. Um, oh, getter.
1: <laughs> Where are you from? Originally. Like- <laughs> So good. But Actually,
0: that is, when you consider kind of like filmmaking at the time and what have you, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of terrified.
1: Well, the, the thing is that this came out the same year as Raiders. came out the same year as Raiders yeah. and So when they were making the this movie. The special effects at the
0: end of Raiders are nowhere near Yeah, that as is good. Not, it's
1: not good, is it? Now, but, that, but that's what's interesting is that when they were making this movie, they were like, oh, we need like two and a half thousand effect shots or something. And there were no effects houses available because they were all working on like 2010. No, they weren't. We'll come back to that in a minute. They were working on Raiders. They were working on all different sorts of things. um, And there was no one available to do the special effects. So they got this guy called Rob Endland, I think, or Ben Endland. um, And he said, listen, if you give me loads of money, I'll form my own effects house. So Columbia and MGM um, actually cooperated. I mean, keep in mind, these are seriously competing companies, competing studios. They cooperated and funded... Um, an effects house run by this guy so that they could get effects done for Ghostbusters it was made for 30 million dollars which is a fucking insane amount of money for a comedy but it basically got the budget based on the fact that Bill Murray was in it I mean Stripes that had just been come out the year before which is incredible was made for 5 million dollars so when they said how much money do you need Ivan Reitman went 30 and they went okay you know yeah literally finger in the air fucking just testing seeing which way the wind was blowing and just Punted it and did it um, so they filmed they formed sorry this this uh, effects house so that they could do the effects for the studio and it's been an it's an enormous effect studio now today it's enormous they did the effects for the new one all that kind of business you know it's you know it's a very very much a Ghostbusters franchise kind of thing um, as I said it was 30 million dollar budget it made 300 million dollars so I made 10 times its budget Which even even today, and they make movies for one hundred and fifty million dollars. That's bananas. It's like the hundred. It's like the hundred and fifteenth highest-grossing movie of all time. Which, if you think about what the film is, okay, yes, the top ten are all bloody Avatar and Fast and the Furious movies and whatnot. But I mean, you think about what this movie is. It's Bill Murray fucking about with Dan Aykroyd. It's that's a crazy amount of money. Three hundred million dollars. And you know, they made the sequel, and that was to... You know, well, we'll go into that a bit later. <clears throat> um, it was actually nominated for two Oscars for visual effects and best song. Which is <laughs> the best.
0: It's got be, to be, best song. Fair. Now, so at this point, I have to interject, being like the soundtrack guy... Um, I, I, famously. A little bit. I, I pick up on music and films. No, My passion. yeah. That we have in Ghostbusters, the... Absolute epitome of a leading movie song.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is Ray Parker Jr. I mean, if you think about the soundtracks for movies now, it's like, oh, um, Taylor Swift has done a song for fucking. What well, they keep Mocking trying to do, okay. Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. it.
0: It's like, oh, we've got this star, we can bring them Let's, in to do well, the we'll talk title. Talk about the cover.
1: 2016 Fallout Boy cover of this uh, song. No no, 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 no. And by I talk mean, about it, I mean swearing. And about also, it. by <laughs> the way,
0: you 2 your Batman song was shit. Yeah, exactly. Um oh. But Hold you me, also me, then me, have me. a whole bunch of random miscellaneous '80s shit that nobody remembers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nobody at
0: all. Yeah. Gun to your head. Name yeah. another '80s track. Not you, him, <laughs> her, you. Um, stop waving gun around the pub, Rob. It the point work. is, is that you. Can't. Anyway, <laughs> and you then get the most amazing yeah. collection of incidental. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that is the incredible. It's all like Pheremon
1: and stuff. It's all super good. It's Elmer yeah. Bernstein. It's he did, amazing. He, I mean, he did the music for Blues Brothers. Which is, Blues Brothers is just a soundtrack, right? And also, there were actors there. I mean, it's just, you know, it's... it's <laughs> no, it is, it is, right? The yeah. Blues Brothers is amazing, and also there were actors there. Because, you know, that's why Blues Brothers 2000, as terrible a film as it is, has got one of the best soundtracks of all time. Because it, it's music, it's about the blues. Chilulu's shaking her head, but she's wrong.
0: But um. But I think my point is that actually, musically, bizarrely, Ghostbusters Legacy to film... Is leaving aside the fact that we now get Taylor Swift dragged into every other yeah, bloody agree, movie yeah. Is this concept
1: of merging But did you know that Ray Parker Jr. suit got very, very sued, very sued for the Ghostbusters soundtrack So Hugh, Huey Lewis in the News yeah. sued Ray Parker Jr. Because it sounded basically, it was a rip-off of um, I Want a New Drug um, Which I think we'll probably drop at the end of the podcast Right at the end, right, right at the end, just so people can compare the two. Doom. Indeed, that was a dropping noise. Um, and they settled out of court. And then, in a making of Ghostbusters documentary, uh, Ray Parker Jr. told, said the amount, which uh, weirdly I've been able to find this fact, but not the amount. He said the amount that they had settled for, um, and they sued him again for just dis- for like a non-disclosure agreement, like breach. So he got sued because of this. I mean, twice, but, twice hard, but. At the same time, who gives a fuck? The one, one of, if not the most iconic. I mean, it is actually as iconic as the Star Wars theme and stuff. It definitely is.
0: I think more so because nobody was playing the Star Wars theme at school discos no, during absolutely. the nineteen eighties no, no, and nineties. Abso- no,
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, it's a party song. It's a party song. I mean, I, we, I played at barbecues and stuff because it's fucking Ghostbusters. I mean, yeah, who, who wouldn't? It's, it's amazing. But it's just so. It's so. It's Every Halloween,
0: by the way, Ghostbusters and Thriller, they get there. I swear lab. to God,
1: Ghostbusters best Halloween costume most expensive Halloween costume because you can like half-ass it and it looks shit but if you want a proper Ghostbusters costume it's so expensive to do it properly it's like it's up there with trying to get a good Stormtrooper outfit Star Wars Stormtrooper not Nazis but, but those are cheapest chips <laughs> <laughs> so yes I mean as, as I say I think that I think we've established quite the legacy of how iconic this movie is but not everybody has the same opinions of us of how good this film is.
0: Oh my God. Does that mean it's time for?
1: It does. The longest jingle in the world.
0: The movie is really
1: great. But we all know hate is going to hate. We all know the film's all right. These crazy people think it's shy. From the depths of the internet, we bring to you. It's Amazon One Star Review. So, it is time for Amazon one-star reviews, because there's always some fucking idiot out there somewhere. And again, as always, it's like, oh, the Blu-ray movie. I bought the full 4K Blu-ray, and they've taken all the grain out, and blah, blah, blah. There's a bit
0: of me, by the way, just very quickly, wishes that we could flash back to something like Avatar, which was mastered to 4K digital 3D than ads and there will still be some. oh, it, no, oh the Ray was shit like,
1: oh well it said it was 141.1 uncompressed sound and i played it through a professional pa system and it doesn't sound that great to me i'm playing it at 4 million decibels and my it's 90 a bit million crackly. pound headphones and yeah, i can exactly. hear some yeah. hiss how about you're overdoing it That's okay so, so amazon people
0: who hate ghostbusters on the internet so, i please in fact is this people or person
1: there are people
0: oh but this it is comes horrible.
1: it comes to a wonderful climax As do I. (laughs) uh, Yeah, yeah, indeed. So, Amazon customer, a fucking coward, not even willing to put their own name to it. Boring, sexist trash. Trash, I should say. Boring, sexist trash. Now, I actually think, that's from July 2016, I actually think it was either a knee-jerk to the reaction to the 2016 Ghostbuster, which we'll come to, or they might be right. Because Peter Venkman is a serious creep. Yeah, also, like he, there aren't many the women in that film. So he, he gives Dana back the thorazine and everything, and he's like kissing her while she's unconscious and stuff. And like, yeah, that's a bit rapey. He's like, oh no, I can't have sex with you. You're possessed by a dog. And he's like, oh okay, go on then. No, not really. And he doesn't. And it's all fun, but he does make out no, with her they're, for they're, a bit. There are
0: vibes there.
1: It's questionable. Roxana F. Jones.
0: Roxana. Roxana.
1: Roxana. She said dated, which is fair cop.
0: <laughs> is that it? Is that all? We That's did? all it is.
1: No, but wait, it's okay. And these are brief, but it'll build to a head.
0: Hang on, dated. The movie was made in 1983. Yeah, of course
1: it is. It's 25 years old. <laughs> of course it's fucking dated. There's a date for you. Well, I watched Metropolis, but it seemed a bit old-fashioned. Yes. Mark Gilman, garbage. Which I mean, sorry, Mark, but you are fucking wrong.
0: Again, one-word review.
1: Jenna Kinney, poorly written, highly overrated, chaotic. Jenna, I just shut the fuck up. I don't know what to say. <laughs> no,
0: no, there is nothing. nothing Sandra
1: clearly watched it with her children, and she said this movie's kind of raunchy for a PG. Not that raunchy. You're
0: quite right. Although it was made in the 80s, Life as a. Amazon raunchy, customer,
1: another coward, said, not as good as a new one. Which I mean. If you've never seen it and you watch a new one and you loved it and then you watch the old one, I mean, maybe you prefer it. That's more of an opinion than a No,
0: no, no. This is like, you know, um, New Hope. (laughs) Not as good as the new one.
1: Yeah, indeed, yeah. Oh well episode seven is not as good as New Hope. Yeah, well of course it's not. Anyway, yeah. Chris L. I watched this whole movie and the whole time I kept thinking, why don't they just use Gandalf's Eagle friends to fly over Mount Doom and just drop the ring in it? I think Chris L was either Chris L is either a genius or was confused.
0: I think he might have been rating the wrong movie. This is my absolute favourite. Okay, your absolute favourite.
1: This is from Le... Ellie. So either he couldn't spell his name Lee or... I don't understand how this movie ever became popular. The character lines are hokey, the plot is ridiculous, and the ending is predictable. So predictable that they had to make it up at the time they were filming it. Lee. So I had a quick butchers at Lee's profile, because the man is clearly an idiot. So he gave this one star. Do you know what he gave five stars to? Go on. An American Tale. You know that movie about the Russian mouse that comes to America. Historical fiction, yeah. made fun and entertaining for all ages. <laughs> the man is clearly. It, it, I mean, maybe he's crazy. Maybe he's like leaving ironic reviews. I, li- I like <laughs> the know. idea
0: that Russian mice arriving in the U.S. Yeah. in search of better life is not predictable. Yeah. But
1: it's historical fiction. And yet, a so giant
0: does... marshmallow attacking. Yeah an apartment building inside New American York tale, is predictable.
1: America's out five stars. Ghostbusters, one star. And that is, funnily enough, the end of the one star reviews. I mean, Le? I mean, please contact us if you happen to hear this. Please. Please. Um, God, you mentioned if he's in Jersey? He can't be, it's from Amazon.com, but imagine, it'd be the best.
0: Just, yeah, le, if you're listening... Be send us an American email American
1: Tale we'll send you fiction back made fun and some entertaining drugs. for all ages I mean it, well, the thing we I like can, about American Tale you. is it really teaches children about immigrants' plight into America you know especially in this day and age it's really it's real it's a real beautiful allegory <laughs> so yeah so that actually now brings us on to movie recommendations also movie recommendations is currently known um, probably just Ghostbusters too. if you love Ghostbusters watch it it's not as good it is no. Yes, it is. I mean, they do make the Statue of Liberty walk. Dance. And it also has got... Um, shouldn't click my fingers on a podcast. Jackie, Is it Jackie Turner? Your love lifting me higher. That song. Jackie Wilson. Jackie Wilson, that's it, higher and higher. But, annoyingly,
0: they don't play Jackie Wilson's version when they're making the...
1: Do they not? Is that no.
0: Jackie Wilson? No, it's an 80s shit cover. Yeah.
1: But it, 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 I mean, that is amazing. That's Just to it. be clear,
0: the reason I'm very sensitive about Jackie Wilson is it was our first dance at our wedding.
1: It was higher and higher, the first yeah. dance at your wedding. You're the best. You're the best. That is amazing.
0: However,. You also have, you know, <laughs> slime. <laughs> yes, you have indeed. a much better bad guy. You've got
1: that guy who is the uh, the Austrian guy, but he's not Austrian, he's American. Peter something, who is the Vigo, guy that works... Vigo. No, no, Vigo. The, oh, no, no, the guy that the, works in the, 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 yeah. in the gallery, that works with Dana. Who, by the way, in the second one, has become an art restorer. She's gone from high-level cellist to high-level art restorer. Oh, no, but
0: she's thinking about going back to being a high-level oh, cellist. About it,
1: but she's thinking about it, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. From,
0: the, from the main <laughs> Ghostbusters movie, it's here's so my big thing, right? And this is something that thrown up time and time again when we talk about films and reality and what have you. It's like the Friends thing. Could the guys in Friends have afforded the apartments where they lived? Yeah. No, they not. apartment. Venkman's apartment. Fuck Venkman's oh, apartment. Is a, is a talk show. Dana's apartment, which yeah, is a bananas. penthouse corner apartment. Yeah. Albeit in or a not haunted anymore. building <laughs> made of selenium <laughs> 90. Um. Selenium magnesium blend or something, yeah. You okay. No way does anybody playing in an orchestra have an apartment but, that I mean, night? the
1: second one one—the second one is good, but the thing that annoyed me about the second one is they replace it with the, them, the positively slimed goo that Egon fucks in the toaster. Um, and they don't have the proton packs enough for me. And yeah. there's that Caravaggio, sorry, I'm doing finger quotes. The Caravaggio at the end with them all around the baby, amazing. See, I love that. Do you know what's weird is, that, uh, this is actually very sad, um, the twins, who were babies, who played the babies, Oscar, in yeah. the second one, he died last week. Well, one of them died last week, yeah. Of what? Of, I don't know, being old, I guess. But he wasn't that old. It was like 1980... So it was like five years after the answer, 1989, so... so he's yeah. younger than I am. Yeah, 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 you, yeah. And you are you yeah. Chris. Oh, shit. Um, so Ghostbusters 2, obviously. So the guy, Vigo, in the painting, William...
0: Vigo Vigoverson.
1: Indeed, of course, because it goes with the Gozerians. So a Go- so they're <laughs> it goes they're not God good or make the, a bad-guy Oh, great. Um, William von Homburg... Um, is famously, frankly, a real piece of shit. Well, he was. He died in two thousand and four, but he was—he uh, was a real, terrible, horrible piece of shit. And uh, there was an incredible um, Vice Vice article which I, hi- I highly recommend you go and look. I'm not going to go into now. It's too long-winded about his story of going to America and his father was a weightlifter. And he basically, seriously, he was one of the worst pieces of shit that's ever existed on the earth he we'll just, stick this on the show notes the
0: so feel free to check out uh, wdawkd.com um, I mean, yeah. for all the details
1: I mean his dialogue was actually ma- um, dubbed by Max von Sidno I can never say his name Sidno Max von Sidno you know that guy the guy from Exorcist yeah yeah him so it was all dubbed by him because he couldn't act for shit but he was just a big bloke in a leather top basically um, but Ghostbusters 2 is good if you enjoy Ghostbusters 1 you should watch Ghostbusters 2 um, which brings us really to. well, oh, no, no, no. Well, let, well let's, let's do other things. There's first. a whole bunch of other stuff. Other there, Bill, Murray there were two, uh, oh, Bill Murray movies. Go and watch Stripes.
0: Oh, Bill Murray movie. Go and watch
1: Stripes. Go and watch Caddyshack. Watch that movie that he directed where he's a clown that robs a bank that I can't remember. Which, which by, by the, the way, is fucking amazing. It is amazing. amazing. It is amazing. Is it called Hot Take or something? I can't remember. It really, Hot it's funny. It's something like funny that. Funny Money? It, it, is a, it is an incredible It's film. a bad pun. It's a, so good that you can't remember the name of the film. Watch yeah. Blues Brothers because, for fuck's sake. We, I mean, we should have done Blues buzz. Well we did Blade Runner, But we could have done Blues Bugs for fact, B In fact
0: just screw this Go to IMDB Type in Bill Murray Watch <laughs> yeah, anything yeah. Type Literally in Dan everything Dan Aykroyd, That he's watch been everything. In. Yeah, and him. Oh yeah. by the way With Bill Murray uh, Skip the Japanese weirdness
1: You know Dan Aykroyd He's in um, Temple of Doom Where? At the, You know when um, They escape from the club And they go and get on the plane And he's like Nice try Lao Che And he closes the door And it's Lao Che Airlines yeah. The English guy that meets him At the airport Is Dan Aykroyd no. Yeah, yeah. So he's in it for like thirty seconds. Not really? even. You didn't That's know that. amazing. Yeah, yeah. So he's in, he's in Temple of Doom. He's in Temple of Doom. Um, Caddyshack, amazing. Caddyshack. By the way,
0: one of the greatest films ever.
1: Oh, uh, Stripes is still my favorite. It's Bill Murray and Harold Ramis, and he joined the army, and hilarity ensues, and God knows it does ensue. They hijack a tank and invade East Germany at one point. It's bananas. It's so good. It's so so good.
0: I think um, the thing I would say is, Bill Murray, uh, check out his Christmas special.
1: That's really good on Netflix, yeah, that yeah. is very good. Maya Rudolph, they sing the pogues around the piano and stuff. It's very, very good, very, very good. Which um,
0: is good to mention, if given you that want, we're like, in July.
1: I mean, <laughs> like, good versus evil, real, like, black versus white, real kind of supernatural film. Yeah. Gotta go Event Horizon. It's just like Ghostbusters except there aren't any ghosts there's ghosts but there's no busters that's what that film could have used and it's got Dr. Alan Grant in it
0: who's he going to call let
1: me tell you about the plot of *Event Horizon real quick so they're on a spaceship anyway so you've been listening to the the movie segment of
0: We're Drunk (laughs) and We Know Things recorded as ever in the Prince of Wales
1: we should talk about the 2016 Ghostbusters oh
0: Christ really I mean to be fair it would
1: be foolish not to
0: okay there was uh, a reboot not even a sequel a reboot the reboot got a lot of stick
1: yeah, because dudes on the internet are assholes.
0: Yeah, we're dudes on the internet.
1: Yeah, but we're... Okay, we'll some dudes on the internet are assholes. Okay, I'm going
0: to hold my hand up and say that I love this movie.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I yeah, really enjoyed it. It was
0: absolutely I it. super.
1: It would be fucking insane to try and compare it to the 1984 Ghostbusters because it's not the fucking same movie. No. Nope. It's not the same... It's kind of... It's got the same opening. They are scientists, sort of, who become Ghostbusters. And that's the similarities in it. It's Paul Feig, who is incredible watch bridesmaids bridesmaids you know how good he is i mean they're all brilliant in it people the, a lot of the criticism i've been reading recently which is because i've been reading the criticism because of this this podcast is um well oh, it just feels like a lot of saturday night live people who get a chance to show off on film yeah it's called fucking ghostbusters that's are you insane <laughs> like what the fuck is wrong with you just say i don't like them because they've got a vagina I mean, I wouldn't agree with you, but at least I respect your honesty. You douchebags.
0: No, I would say that if you love Ghostbusters, it's good. Watch the reboot.
1: They're all in it. Enjoy it. Ernie. No, only isn't it? Well, Harry Williams is in it. He's a statue. Have you seen that? Yeah. In that scene, he's at Columbia yeah, so he University. He died, right? Yeah, because he, he died. Yeah. R.I.P. Moment of it. silence. Not an edit point, by the way. Cholula. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was good. I mean, Ernie Hudson is is, uh, is uh, the, the uncle who gives him the, the hearse and all that kind of business. I enjoyed it. I did not like Girl Slimer. There's very You know, they steal the car and it's Slimer driving the car around. Honest,
0: I watched it once.
1: Okay, so Slimer's driving the car around and he's got like a Girl Slimer with him, which is like Slimer with a blonde wig on, which is not a thing you need to see. But it, it was good. I enjoyed it. Interesting about Slimer, actually, that I do, before we finish up, I don't want to say, is that because he wrote it for him and Dan Aykroyd, as I said at the beginning, if you can remember back that far, he wrote it for him and Jim Belushi. Slimer is meant to be the ghost of Jim Belushi, which is why he's an enormous fat guy who is eating all the time. That's meant to be, that's his little nod to Jim Belushi.
0: Amazing. A couple of last takeaways. Um, Firstly, there were two animated series...
1: There were two, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, One of them I've seen, in fact, and one of them I have I disagreed with you
1: the other day because I said, oh, Extreme Ghostbusters were shit. And actually, I watched an episode on, on YouTube and I was like, shit, I remember fucking loving this when I was a kid.
0: I didn't ever see Extreme Ghostbusters, no, I really? don't think. I
1: had a bloke in a wheelchair. <sighs> the real and Ghostbusters. And a punk girl who had puppets. However,
0: that was, that, was amazing. that was Saturday morning staple. Yeah, right yeah. And um, they, they have
1: episodes of that on the Blu-ray and DVD, by the way, check it out. And they are far better than they have any right to be. They're really enjoyable. I, I mean, I loved it. I mean, that's what got me into it when I was a kid. I, I mean, the film was deemed too scary, but I watched the TV show all the time. So that's it, really, for me on Ghostbusters. I mean, if you want to talk more about Ghostbusters, just give me a ring. I'm just talking to Rob, the listeners. Yeah, so phone number. on uh,
0: 0171 555 yeah. 3398. I
1: live at 12 Yemen Road, Yemen, <laughs> with Chandler Bing, apparently. Okay, <laughs> well, fucking hell, that is a weird reference. But yeah, so... Another satisfying podcast. Can't in wait to bag. go to sleep now. <laughs>
0: You've been listening to We're Drunk and We Know Things, getting drunk and knowing things, in the Prince of Wales Tavern in St. Helier. I still can't remember our producer's name, so she can go fuck herself.
1: Cholula Fandango.
0: In the meantime, we've been fueled by circadian brewed by
1: if Ringwood don't give us some money we've said this so many fucking times yeah
0: seriously (laughs) take the hint
1: yeah Ringwood who clearly listened to this podcast
0: we've had a lot of fun Um, next month we're going to be recording a very special request episode we don't do this very often
1: requested by us
0: (laughs) we're going to be talking about the absolute 90s classic yeah Hackers until
1: then Bye. I love you.